Tonight we are reading from Psalm 104, kind of right smack dab in the middle of our Bible here. Psalm 104. Praise the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. He wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on the, its foundations, it can never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. He makes springs pour water into ravines. It flows between the mountains. They give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the air nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle, the plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread that sustains his heart. The trees of the Lord are well watered, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. There the birds make their nests, the stork has its home in the pine trees. The high mountains belong to the wild goats, the crags are a refuge for the conies. The moon marks off the seasons and the sun knows when to go down. You bring darkness, it becomes night, and all the beasts of the forest prowl. The lions roar for their prey and seek their food from God. The sun rises and they steal away. They return and lie down in their dens. Then man goes out to his work, to his labor until evening. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and the Leviathan which you formed to frolic there. These all look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles. He who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord, but may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, O my soul.
Praise the Lord. Thank you. We're going to be looking at uh, the psalm in general and then especially the verses 27 to 30 which, which focus in in a very uh, providential kind of care though that's already in the psalm itself but that sense of God's providence praising him for his providential care in our world and in our lives. Congregation of Jesus Christ we gather here this evening and our focus uh, is to see in the visible creation uh, more of our God, to, to have that as we look and as we think about our lives and the creation around us, that we praise God, that we see the reasons for praising God. And Psalm 104 is, is like that. It's giving uh, a list of what is seen, and it, it takes that and it offers that praise to God from our heart, from our soul, as it ends, praise the Lord. That praise begins in terms of God's creation. And in Psalm 104, it actually echoes Genesis 1. And so the, the thought of Psalm 104 starts with the creation account, Genesis 1. And it has... It has that uh, clearly in the background as it, it reflects on what God is doing, what God has done, and how we see that in the world around us. So that, that call to praise, verse 1, uh, moves us into the creation, and verse 2 to 4 are a reference to things above the earth, the, the creation of the heavens, and then the verses 24 to 26 has the sense of below the sea, the, the waters, the, the ships on the water. So you have that distinction from Genesis, what is above and what is below. Then you get the sense in the, the center, earth is between the sky and the sea, and in Genesis 1, the dry land appears, and verses 5 to 23 reflect on that, that dry land as Genesis talks about it too. And in Genesis 2, there, there is a division. God divides between the waters, on, uh, the waters and the land and, and, and puts in the boundaries. And verses 5 through 9 has that sense of the boundaries. Verse 9, you set a boundary there and, and that's just praising God for for creating that aspect of the earth. And then also verses 19 to 23 uh, gives a sense of the order of things and, and how God has ordered things in this creation and how that is a wonderful testimony to his presence and power. The seasons, the day and night, which is referred to in Genesis, and that rhythm of life that God has created. Also, work and rest, which is a rhythm that, that we know as well. But do, do you see God in it? Yeah, we go to work, we come home, we rest. What is that? That's just, yeah, the drudgery of life? No, that's, that's the rhythm that God has set in place. His 
order, his care. Now, at the very center of, of that uh, section, verse 5 to 23, is verse 10 to 18, where it talks about that, that amazing life on earth. It talks about animals, the donkeys, the birds, uh, the grass and the cattle, and the wine and the oil and the bread. And, and in all of that, definitely, we are called to give praise to God. When we see those things, reflect on those things, that's the direction that they need to draw us. It's not just that they're nice. It's not just that they're interesting. But it's God who made them, and we see God in them. So that's, that's the overall initial sense of the psalm. Why would we praise God? Because of all of these wonderful things. And so that sense, even just to begin with, out of the psalm, has the application that, that we do that, that we see those things of God in our creation, that we, we <coughs> get out, that we interact, that we reflect on those things, and where we see in the visible world the invisible God and give him praise. God is so amazing. God is so wonderful. And so, for example, Barb and I, we went for a little walk uh, uh, out through the woods uh, just before it got really cold. We were out, uh, out in your field, August, just in that that, that center walking through the woods there. And we were just walking along and we came across this. Look at that. And that was like five feet away from us, a rough grouse, right? And we were just, we stopped, hey? We thought, what in the world? And initially you think, what's going on here? And then you see it and it's walking around just by us and making clucking sounds. And what do you think? You think, oh, that's pretty neat. That's really great. That's wonderful. God is good. That's just, just, yeah, how can that, yeah, nice animal living there, surviving there with all the coyotes and everything after it. It's just a, a beautiful thing to see and to recognize God's presence in things like that. That's one of the senses of Psalm 104 in general, and that comes back very often in the Bible in places where the creation is celebrated. And so we looked at that even when we looked at uh, a few weeks ago the stars and the heavens and things like that. <coughs> Psalm 104, though, is more than that. It wants us to praise God in a more specific way, to see God's special care in a more specific way. And our focus this evening is on that area, which also in the Reformed faith is, is very strong, Reformed doctrine, that, that we believe in the providence of God. That not just things are there and we see them, but that we see in them and even in our own lives God's special care, God's presence in many very specific ways. And that, in contrast to a much more common uh, way of looking at things, deism, Deism is a, a, a label for a certain understanding. The understanding is that God does not intervene with the functioning of the natural world in any way. He just set it up and left. And so anything you see or any kind of things going on, it's not God. It just runs by itself. And 
don't see God there at all. We would say the exact opposite. We confess God is minutely involved, minute by minute, second by split second. God is present. And that sense of God sustaining and upholding all things by his providential care. And that's what's focused on in that four-verse section, verse 27 to 30. That sense of, of that care that God gives. He provides what is needed. And so that's what we call providence, God's intimate, detailed care of his creation, of life, of our lives. And so we stated that in our confession, Lord's Day uh, 9, question 26. We believe that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ created and upholds and rules by his eternal counsel and providence. That's Psalm 104, and that's the reference. Like all of the stuff in the catechism has biblical reference, the reference is Psalm 104. This is where it's, it's a deeper understanding. And that deeper understanding is, is brought out again in the next question where it goes into de detail, leaf and blade. Uh, the, every leaf on every tree, every blade of grass, God is aware, God is present, God is part of every detail upholding and sustaining. That also gets us back to a verse like Matthew 10, verse 30, where it talks about every hair on our head is numbered. There are different places where that is emphasized, and that is, is such a wonderful emphasis. Imagine that kind of care. That's the God we serve, and that's the God we praise for his care. The sense of, of Psalm 104, verse 27, is almost like uh, doing chores. I know like we, we have it on the farm and in different places at home. If you have a pet, you have to do chores. Around the house, you have to do chores. The, the, the sense of God is feeding. God is doing his chore. Just like you have to feed your pet, I have to feed my fish downstairs. We have to take care of what we have. And God is behind all that. All creatures look to you to give them their food at their proper time. Every day. Every day God provides the food for his creatures. God does that. That's building on, on other Old Testament things like the, the people getting the manna in the wilderness. Every day. Every day it was there. God provided. And every day, even when the Sabbath was there and they were, they were told to collect for two days and then it wouldn't rot, and, and every detail is there. And praise God. God's care is present. We have a May Day tree in the front of our yard. The May Day tree, they're being uh, uh, attacked by this black rust stuff, hey, this... But ours is still good. It's still going. And it has these blackberries on it. And I had no idea what these blackberries were for. I don't think we actually tried them ever. But yeah, it's, it's a nice tree. It has the purple leaves. They're green and they turn purple. And then it has these blackberries. And 
all of a sudden, what was it, last winter, we had this in our May Day tree. In the front of our house, in the middle of town, eating the blackberries. That's what the blackberries are for. <laughs> the pileated woodpecker eats them. I didn't know that. And there's this big bird is sitting in our little tree eating all the blackberries. Middle of winter, God provides the food. He comes and gathers it up and does well. This year, the pileated woodpecker wasn't there, but it turned out, and I didn't know this either, this one came, a flicker, northern flicker, normally eats ants. I had no idea it ate those blackberries. But it was in there, eating all the blackberries. I think of Psalm 104, God provides this tree. No other birds eat those berries. Totally wasted. What a waste of time. These birds need those berries. It's tough in the winter. There's no ants. And here it is. Perfect for them. So the sense of God feeding, God giving it to them, verse 28, and they gather it up. To see that and to recognize God's wonderful care. Verse 29 brings out the sense of our understanding of things more specifically perhaps the day of our birth, the day of our death, what are those days? Those are days when God gives life and when God takes life. And that's, that's God at work. Sadly, in our culture, uh, a lot of that has even been lost. But we see that. God ordaining life and God governing the lives of people from when it begins to when it ends. And that careful care is where we see God very much at work, giving the breath of life and those who have died who die returning to the dust. Evidence of God's presence. And verse 30 has the sense of, of spring. You renew the face of the ground. And, and we'll be seeing that in a few weeks again. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day and then, then how long is spring? And then all of this cold and, and dead really will turn to life again. And how does that work? And how does stuff survive? And there it is again. And praise God. His hand at work, renewing the face of the ground. So the sense of his care is, is to be evident to us, even as we watch and see things around us and experience in his creation. These things that we see, we see God who is invisible, but who is made visible in these things. There is, in the psalm, a, a broader picture, too, that we can define as, as universal dependence and universal supply. God uh, supplies our need. Our universal dependence. We we depend on God for every little detail, really. And yet we go along as if, no. And people live, people without faith too, they, they live and go through life and they, they do not see God anywhere, nothing. 
when in fact every little thing, every little detail is God's care, God's presence. We are universally, all of us, dependent. The Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer gets at it a little bit when it says, give us this day our daily bread. God has to give it to us again. It's not just there. It's God's giving, caring, providing for us. You open your hand, the hand of God, that provides the rain, the sun, and the earth yields its, its bounty. So we need to be among those who praise God as his creatures under his providential care. That's what the psalm is, is, is building to, is pointing to. That's another reason to praise God. To see it and to declare that God is the one who is in the control at the center of my life. Believing in his providence assures us of his presence. So, so how, do we, how do we apply this? How do we continue to work this out? Well, just a couple of examples. Uh, seeing the providence of God to praise him. Uh, the first example is in terms of our own uh, bodies, our own health. And this is an example here. These are our skin cells. And so God's care in terms of us, in terms of our skin cells. So, so we, have, we have a lot of cells in our bodies. These are just skin cells. There are many, many cells in our body. Uh, if something goes wrong with one of these cells, if something goes wrong and one of these cells start to grow too quickly, if it's a bone cell, you have bone cancer. If it's a skin cell, you have skin cancer. If it's a breast cell, you have breast cancer. If one of these cells starts to grow too quickly, if just one of them goes haywire and starts to grow quickly, then you have cancer. You have it in your lungs. You have it in your liver. Wherever that one cell starts to grow too quickly, you have cancer. So you wonder, how many, how many cells do you have in your body. And they, they've been looking at that for a while, and you think they would know, but they don't very easily. And so just recently, they've, they've looked carefully, studied everything, and they've come to 37 trillion. 37 trillion cells in your body. And so that's 37 with 12 zeros. That's a lot of cells. And so if you think about the fact that you are healthy, that you are alive and you don't have cancer, that God is watching over you on the cellular level by his grace, that's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty amazing, I think. Then... Then you have it, I'll just share an example with you. Uh, I have two other examples just from our life. I'd like you to think of examples in your life too, but just uh, where you don't even realize it. You don't even realize God's providential care. My wife and I, Barb and I, we, 
we made our way east this summer and we were driving and uh, as we left, as we left, the vehicle had a bit of a funny sound, but the tires were getting old and we thought we could just, uh, the tires had a funny hum to them and, and yeah, I kept checking. I didn't see any uh, metal sticking out or anything. I thought, we'll keep going. And so it, it, it went, hey, we kept going, kept going. We went all the way east. We went all the way back, and the sound got a little louder, and I thought, too, the tires, yeah, something, something's not right. And so we got back here, and I switched out the tires for winter tires, and then one day Henry stepped in the car with me, and he said, your, your, uh, your bearing, your, your axle bearing is gone. It's, it's, your old tire should fall off. <laughs> I had no idea. And Henry said to him, we took to the mechanic, oh yeah, you can't drive on this. This is terrible. <laughs> and we drove 12,000 kilometers on that. And you think, well, that's dumb on the one hand. But on the other hand, yeah, I don't know. Every day we kept driving and it was fine. And God was good. And there was no problem. So what is that? Well, yeah. By God's grace, you don't even know it. You don't even realize it. God is taking care of us in different ways. And so, so those kind of things, what do you do with that? God's providential care is, is always there. Praise Him. And then the final one, just uh, when, when we came back, uh, and in September I wasn't feeling so good. It was just, ah, whatever, press on, right? And it wasn't, it wasn't like hugely debilitating, but yeah, just, ah, and a little bit too, just, just a little stress, a, a little heartburn, a little stomach upset. You think, what's, ah, what's that? So you just keep going and keep going. And after a while, it gets worse, and you, yeah, you can't sleep, and, and you just, just your whole chest is sore, and and yeah, if you eat something a little wrong and then the heart burns and it's just to think, what in the world is wrong with me? And so, so you go on like this for a while and you think, well, maybe I should get it checked out. But yeah, like us Dutchmen, Dutch people, you don't do that. <laughs> so you just press on, press on. It doesn't get any better. And you're thinking, well, who knows what. I did mention it to the doctor and he gave me a whole long list of stuff and that's pretty scary. So just forget about that. And, and then we just thought, Barb and I too, just, uh, it could be, yeah, something I'm eating, right? Could be just something I'm eating. And so what do you do? So I checked online, the major foods. Uh, I, we cut out coffee and, and I cut out a bunch of stuff. I thought I was, you know, down to fairly basic, but then it said too, different things, uh, soy, wheat, uh, some of the basics, hey, milk, eggs, fish, right? So we picked one and said for the dairy farmer, sorry about that, we picked dairy. Ah, we started with dairy. So here, this was my no more dairy. So Barb took care and, and it's gone. It's, um, everything is, everything is better. So there was obviously some reaction just through my whole system to dairy that had never been there before. Now it was, threw everything off. 
Now everything is fine again. How did we pick dairy? I don't know. And then, yeah, just to say thank you, Lord, because, yeah, the doctor had put the whole list of, yeah, it could be this, could be that, we'll do this and that, and medication, everything else. Say, no. God provides. Wonderful. So, yeah, to see the provision of God in just those kind of things where we don't know, maybe we don't suspect, but to recognize God's presence and power. That's, that's the sense of, of this psalm, just in very, very specific ways, see his providential care in our lives, to pay attention to it and to recognize it as his special care for us too. That's, that's the sense of, of this psalm that, that challenges us just to see that and to understand that and to live that life of praise as well. One final thing in relation to this psalm is, is its spiritual center. And whenever you, you have a psalm to, you know, when did they actually sing this psalm? When did the Israelite people actually sing this psalm? And this psalm, they always sang on the Day of Atonement. The Day of Atonement for the Israelite people was the day that the priest went into the Holy of Holies and where he offered the sacrifice on the altar for the sins of all the people. And so... That day, it, it wasn't a specific sin with a, a bull or a goat or a ram. It was an offering for every sin of, of all the people. It was the once-for-all offering. And then they sang this psalm as they took part in that. And there was very much in the care of God that they saw in creation, that they saw in their lives, is the assurance of God's care for our sins, saving us from our sins. In every, every detail, every little thing that we might have done wrong before God is taken away. Psalm 104. God provides that for us too. And so we in Christ Jesus have that assurance too that our faith in him, all our sins are forgiven. And his care for us in that way is worthy of our greatest praise. And that's why it says at the end, verse 35, praise the Lord, O my soul. The visible things pointing to the spiritual things that God has done, forgiving our sins in Jesus Christ. And that's the greatest need we ever had. And God provided for that too. And for that we thank him every day. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we